In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. What does Eucharistia look like? Hopefully you can say by now what that means in ten words or less. It looks like St. Paul in Acts chapter 20. Paul's work is done at the church in Ephesus, and he is moving on. But from the first day until the last, it has been the same. It has been preaching bravely what was best, the kingdom of God and a thorough word of grace, and teaching publicly what was needed most, repentance, the kingdom of God is at hand, have faith in Jesus Christ our Lord, and serving, says Paul, with humility and tears, even in the midst of trials and plots. And at the end of all that, after three long years, Paul doesn't know where he's going next. It will turn out to be Jerusalem and Rome, but he doesn't know. All he knows is that there are clouds on the horizon, and soon there will be trouble. Because wherever the gospel is preached, wherever the gospel pushes out, Sin, Satan, and death push back from inside the church and also from outside, says St. Paul, twisting good things just enough to make them bad. But nevertheless, he is thankful for his time among them three long years, preaching and teaching and serving. And he can say of himself that he can be done with clean hands. He has innocent hands because he did the best he could with the gifts of Jesus Christ which he had been given. That is Eucharistia. Gratitude for the ministry and grace of Jesus Christ. Joy that he was favored to preach and teach. Courage to serve and give generously even in difficult circumstances. And the freedom to live as one community, as the body of Christ in a particular place and a particular time, Doing what is best, that is Eucharistia, and it is the only life of the church. Today for us, as you know, that Eucharistia takes tangible form as pledge cards. I know that some of you have been eager to do this. In fact, in the past few weeks, I've even gotten a few phone calls asking why we wouldn't take money earlier. If that is your issue, let me assure you that I can help you. There are some, though, and I understand this, who are a bit nervous about what goes on today and can give all sorts of reasons why we should not fill out pledge cards in the service. It's different, and it's public, and it's a bit uncomfortable, and with everybody else around you, it can feel sometimes like coercion. I tried to consider all of that, but in the end, at least once in a while, every few years. This is not a bad discipline for us to share together as one community. Here's why. This is worth doing, because if you have learned anything over the past few months, I pray that it is this. This Eucharistia campaign has been a spiritual exercise. Sermons and Bible study and video and devotions and home meetings and big events and letters and postcards, all of that is a theological discipline. If you have learned anything, what I hope you have learned is that talking about money and our future together is real theological work, just the way that Paul talks to those in Ephesus or those from Ephesus today. After all, 
they knew how Paul had gathered an offering from all the saints for the poor in Jerusalem. That is just what Christians do. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. That is part and parcel the Christian life. Because it is a theological exercise, then the sanctuary is a perfectly appropriate place in community to fill out pledge cards. It is also worth doing because it is a way for us to stick together. It is a way, as St. Paul says, to pay careful attention to ourselves and to the whole church, verses 28 and 29, a church which Christ bought with his blood on the cross and builds with his blood in the Eucharist. And if we start there with Christ and his work and his ministry and his gifts, and then we ask, how can he best use us to get what he wants in this world, individually and collectively, just as Paul did in Ephesus, Ephesus, then our life will end in Eucharistic life together. It is also worth doing because you are free. A pledge card is not something you've got to do. It is something that you get to do. And so along the way this morning, if you want, you can simply write no thanks and put a circle around that, and you will not hear from us again about the capital campaign. You will not receive a follow-up phone call, and you will not receive a follow-up letter. And if you do, after you've written no thanks, forgive us in advance. We've just made a mistake. But I hope now you'll give it a try, honestly and prayerfully and openly and collectively and with care. And if you do, like all other things spiritual, the focus and the faithfulness will make you a stronger disciple in Christ. So pick up your card and pick up your pencil. Here we go. If you came in a bit later, they're at the end of the row. Check your neighbors. Make sure they've got an envelope. And as you do that, let me say a couple of things. If you have trouble reading and writing, there are some of you for whom this print is too small or you have difficulty holding a pencil. If you have trouble reading or writing and you still want to fill out a card, see me or Pastor Gaining after this service. We would be glad to help you. Also, as the members sort of prepare to do this, I want to say something to visitors. For you it may seem odd, especially if this is your first time here, that you walk in and we talk about our money and our future so explicitly. It may seem odd, but it is not. Money is just one piece of a faithful Christian life, just one of the many things that Christians are called to steward. You just happen to be here on a week when we're talking about this particular thing. But if we were talking about prayer or moral purity, or merciful service, we would not pass out earplugs at the door, and we would not say that that is irrelevant to you as a visitor. We would just carry on, which is what we do today. And in fact, if you're visiting, this may be the best possible week you could ever come. You learn then that this service is part of our culture here at St. John. This is one of the things that we aim at, being generous stewards. And you, if you have any intention of joining or staying... You should know up front that this is a congregation that aims at high commitment and high intensity and a high level of discipleship and very much a follow Jesus to the cross kind of Christian life. What is going to happen right now with these pledge cards is our effort 
to play at the highest possible common denominator, not the lowest, not the bare minimum. And that is the kind of congregation that we seek to be. Now for you members, as you pick up the card, you'll notice that uh, this one card is really two. And so you do need to do things twice. Uh, once they're torn in half, the pieces go in opposite directions. On the top line is your first name, what in previous generations was called your Christian name. It was the name that you are given at the font. How is this child to be named? Lillian, yeah? And now that is the name that Jesus knows her by, and the name by which we pray when we pray for you at this altar. Tucked into that name is all sorts of gratitude and thankfulness, all sorts of Eucharistia. In your Christian name, your name given at the font, in that name is who you are and to whom you belong and what you are meant for. The entire Christian life of mercy and courage and service and witness and care and thanks and love, all of that is tucked into your very first name that you got here from Christ. Following that is your last name, your family name. You and I both know that families can be troubling and troublesome, and from time to time we talk about that. But put that away for a moment. Think about your parents, especially if they were kind enough to introduce you to the church. Think about your spouse, the good that he or she has been to you. And think about your kids, how they're a blessing to you. I know that in every case, parents and spouse and children can be challenging and sometimes even troublesome, but let that be forgiven today. And let's be grateful for those around us. The next line has your address, which means you've got a place to live and something to eat. It's warm now, and so our friends have moved back to the benches on the park across the street. There are many places who have no, there are many, many people who have no place to go tonight, no address. They are homeless, and normally they also have nothing to eat. Tonight, four million people in America will go to bed hungry. But that's not you. You've got things to be grateful for, and things to steward. You also jotted down something like Wheaton or Winfield or Glen Ellen or Carol Stream, which means when you leave here today, nobody will rob you or kick you or arrest you and jail you or kill you, as is so common around the world in Pakistan and Egypt and the Sudan and China and a host of other places. It means you are free and unencumbered to do the work of Christ. It is a great advantage. And now the first number on the top of the card. That is the number for your ordinary life here at St. John. This, as we've said repeatedly, is the most important number. The first thing to do is get your ordinary, disciplined, theological life in order. This is the biggest of the big deals, thinking clearly and acting decisively, Second line from the bottom, on the top of the card, you find a line that says this totals so many dollars annually. 
write down the total amount that you'll be giving this year, one year, to the operating expenses to St. John, or write no thanks. Either way, and simply put a circle around it. Okay, just take a moment to do that. When you are done, you will notice that the bottom of the card is for our extraordinary life together, what we've been talking about now for several months and even years. At the bottom of this card, second line from the bottom, you'll find a line that says, this totals so many dollars for a three-year total. Please put on that line the amount that you'd be willing to give, the total over the course of the next three years. So that's the total amount you'll be giving, or write no thanks, and put a circle around that number. And then as you do that, when you're finished, just fold the card, put it back in the envelope, and as you leave today, there are white boxes at the doors, just drop that envelope into the boxes. Finally, I just want to say thanks. In the way of Eucharistia, working with you so intensely, with so many of you in meetings and planning over meals, and visiting with you in your homes and being with you in committees and seeing all the work that you've done for logistics and gatherings and mailings, and having a Sunday Bible study that talks about intentional Eucharistic community. And then having 67 families a week ago Thursday get together here and pledge over $2 million in advance. I'm very grateful to you for all of that. You know the best thing about a week ago Thursday when those 67 families gathered? We came up here for prayer. We filled out pledge cards much like we did just now. Then we turned them in and we went downstairs to wait on the total and we had coffee and cake. And the most amazing thing happened. All the talk was about kids and baseball and jobs and vacations and school and confirmation and graduation and friends and family. And there was jokes and there was laughter and there was warm joy and there was love and there was peace which is not what you would expect from a group of people who had just let $2 million fall out of their pockets, unless, of course, they understood the gospel. It means that generosity has become a normal part of life here. It has become such a normal part of life, talking about stewarding our resources and even our money, Generosity has become such a normal part of our life here, and it is so easy to talk about that we don't even need to talk about it. That's the most amazing thing. It is pure gospel. It is what the church should be in every aspect. It is pure Eucharistia. Thank you very much for that and for today and then for whatever comes next. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.